Is business just business or is business personal? It's your boy Mason, the host of the Lunch Break Podcast. Let's get it. In honor of Kobe Bryant, each episode will be around 24 minutes. And each guest you can expect to be from different industries and careers. But the main focus is business is business or is business is personal. Let's get into this episode. Hola, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. That's what's up. That's what's Gucci. So, um, you know, pleasure to have you on. You know, you and I have become clubhouse friends and, um, you know, brought you on the show because you know a lot about the flight attendant travel industry and stuff like that. But for the culture, for the brand, um, what do you like to eat for lunch? Mm, I'm going to have I'm going to go with the Napolitan spicy pasta. Like, mm. Olives and capers and tuna with tomato sauce. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, is that a homemade joint or you could find it out or you get that from like a restaurant? It can be a homemade joint, but I can't find it in Italian restaurants. But it's just like usually it's my hangover joint. Like when I'm drunk the next day, I want to have that spicy thing. So that's going to okay. be like wake you up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it, it all depends. I really, I do love Thai and Indian food. So, or Chinese food. So I might either order me like some sesame chicken with the rice and the broccoli or some type of curry, something with curry. Love me some curry. Um, if I'm going, if if I'm going to need some lunch, um, I'm usually going for one of the two of those things, like for sure. Um, now speaking of like food in the travel industry what because i've never been on a plane before i never flew i've never flown you know what i'm saying never been on an airplane i was supposed to in may of 2020 but covid hit like i think i planned it like six months in advance supposed to go see my boy um but it, it ain't happened so i still haven't been on a plane so what kind of food do they serve on a plane like is it pretty disgusting Mm, this is okay or or first class has better food like give me an idea of what kind of food is your applesauce like hospital food <laughs> and this is the dark side of the industry and people they're gonna hate me for this but it's a disgusting type of food so usually like they leave it frozen for like up to six months and then they it's just like, it comes to us frozen and then we put it inside the ovens. We heat it up and then we serve it. Doesn't have a taste. Most of the population of flight attendant and pilot, they don't want to eat from it because they gain a lot of weight and disgusting. But sometimes we have to eat it because like it's a long flight, 14, 16 hours. There's nothing really to do. You're going to eat something. You're going to so we eat from it, but we try not to. Mm. I think it's the best, like for, or like at least where I used to work, the best is to order like special meal. Like if you, mm. if you order a special meal, that's going to be like for sure fresher than the other casseroles. Mm. Mm-hmm. So can anybody order a special meal or only first class? No, no, no. Everybody can order. I mean, I'm talking from my where I used to work. Everybody can order special meal. So because a lot okay. of people, some people that have Asian vegetarian meal, 
Some people, they order mm. There are certain, there's a lot of people who doesn't eat just normal food, you know? So they have okay. to order. Okay. Okay, okay. So what other kind of challenges do flight attendants t- face, right? You said, so yeah, don't eat the food. You know what I'm saying? So you probably got to prepare your own food, but it's kind of hard to bring. Plus, you know, you travel on all over the world. What other challenges y'all face as flight attendant? You're asking me a question. They're not really glamorous. So I'm, I'm scared what I'm going to say. It's going to be dark, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the challenge for a flight attendant. You're talking customer-wise, like people challenge No, the us? flight attendant. Okay. Like so just in the, general. Yeah, the food. You the need gloves to off. I'm going to be close off (laughs) mainly because we gained a lot of weight. Um, The pressure during the flight, you know, like you take a bottle of water and during the flight, it's going to be like, just like the bloating and then like, it's just like what the pressure does to your body is really insane. Usually Mm -hmm. after people, advise you not to take a shower because you need to give your body rest enough to to just like you know breathe after the pressure and after everything usually after the flight like bloated my legs my stomach so you need some time to get back to normal and they say in an airline i mean when you work in the air it's like uh, one year of working in the air it's like six years working normal job wow because the pressure, the radiation, you know, mm. there's a lot of things that people don't really know, but it's part of our daily routine. And then there's the risk of crash. There is the risk of, um, like, because the aircraft is, is a little bit dirty. People, they have like this fantasy about like aircraft, but aircraft are dirty. And if you work on a daily basis in it, it's not, it's not cool. So we get like mm. these we even developed the way, a way to pee. We call it the Michael Jackson pee. <laughs> Standing up, like, because you don't want to touch the seats, you know? Even though mm. everything would detail, would, you know, still. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. So we, we, we tapped into the dark side a little bit. Let's, let's get on the, on, the, on the Jedi side, the light side, the bright side a little bit. So... What did you enjoy the most? Because you, you were in a flight attendant for how many years? Seven years. Seven years, seven years, seven years. So what would you say, what did you like about being a flight attendant? Oh, man, there's so many. The food everywhere in the world is just hilarious. Like, especially after, in the beginning, I was not open to food the way I was supposed to because, like, I'm coming from a different culture. So in the beginning, you're just not into trying new things like at first but then once in, like you have your spot so okay i'm going to thailand i'm gonna have a pad thai and i'm gonna have the dessert mango sticky rice okay i'm going to paris i'm gonna try some snails i'm gonna eat that and then i'm gonna go to london i'm gonna have like this carrot pumpkin soup like you'd be already craving food without before even getting to the destination because now you know where to go and what to eat so i love that part i love the part where I get lost in the streets of a city without like having any direction, just like walk and just like enjoy other people's culture, other people's cities, like the architecture, just looking at people having their normal day and you're just there for 24 hours. So you just, it's very romantic. You, you can just literally sit down 
in the middle of nowhere and just like observe people. And they don't know that you are not from that country. So like, they'd be like reading a book in a subway or just having an ice cream or just walking the kids or the dog, just having their own routine. And you're just there as a visitor. It's like an alien thing, you know? <laughs> there, like, to live one day in their shoes. What else I love about it? Man, I visited so many places and it was just, it's so nice because it educates you a lot about stereotypes and about other people's culture. Yeah. Like we we have, like we all come with stereotype. Like we think like German are a certain <laughs> way. <laughs> like you come in your mind is like, oh, I have this Russian flight. So I hope these guys, they're, gonna, they're not going to kill me tonight. <laughs> like, like, I had flights to Russia where this guy is like, good morning, this is a rose for you. They <laughs> <And you just laughs> have a harsh accent, but they're so cute. Like, you know, like you learn so much about other people's culture that you realize we're just humans. We're all the same. Yeah. Born in different places, and that's all. So you've this been to a lot of places. You've traveled. Emotional. <laughs> <Are you emotional? laughs> That's beautiful. So I like how you mentioned, like, in the beginning, you weren't open to that much food. I, honestly, I was, even though I was never a flight attendant, I kind of was like that. But then I got to a point, probably like seven, eight years ago, where I was like, you know what? I'm going to try new food. You know what I'm saying? So I like how you branched out, you explored different food different options and so you learned about different costs here so is there a place you will go back to so you're not a flight attendant anymore mm -hmm. is there any places you've been to that you would go back to and what are some of those places you go back to as just a visit or yeah just a visit just to visit yeah, just a visit so many places i can definitely go back to i have this uh, this love story with turkey I'm not, I don't know even why. I've been there like maybe eight times, even though when, when we used to be flying to Turkey, it's just like a turnaround for us. So we don't stay in Turkey. But I use Turkey as a transit when I, whenever I go to, back to Tunisia. So, and I just, when I get there, I'm like, this city is actually beautiful. Let me stay here for like two days and then I'll just go home. That place for me is magical. The food, the people, the culture, the... It's just, it's so vibrant and the people are just amazing. Like you, five o'clock in the morning, like people just like wake up and this guy, he have his hostel, so he needs to take care of it. He'll be like taking care of his plants outside. Like, I feel like these people are a workaholic. They have this ethnic, you know? And every time I go there, it's just like magic. So definitely Turkey is one of them. Spain, Barcelona is, is my joint. Like I used to fly <laughs> all the time. And especially in the summer, like you just go with flip-flops, you get yourself a sangria and some tapas and you just go everywhere. You go to the beach, it's just beautiful. And mm. it's so culturally interesting. Like you have museums, you have this Sagrada Familia, like it's, it's crazy. Like these mm. places are just memorable. So when you go there, you, you, feel, you feel like you're just a small, tiny entity in the universe. <laughs> greatness of the past i love that place where else i want to now, now so real quick so you mentioned turkey and you mentioned barcelona 
Uh, now in in Turkey, do they? I know they speak Turkish, right? Mm -hmm. What other languages do they speak there? Some people speak Arabic, but not so many of them. And okay. the new generation of Turkish, they speak English. So, like, it's it's okay for tourists. And okay. to be honest, like, they they are so blended with the hospitality mentality. So they try ways to help you out. So if you okay. ask. There's like somebody who's going to help you. Okay, okay. And was Kobe, like, would people know who Kobe Bryant is in, in that area? Because I know he was international. I know he was a big deal. When we grew was up, Kobe Bryant playing. What are you talking about? Kobe I'm just Bryant, saying, I didn't know. I don't know. I was, I was asking. Yeah, we were talking about it last time. And Kobe Bryant is not only famous in the States. Like, Kobe Bryant is, like, famous everywhere in the world. And I have... You know, like for, for me, like I have friends on Facebook and I have friends on Instagram and they're all from different backgrounds and nationalities because, you know, I was flight attendant. Everybody was sad. Everybody was posting. Like my feed was just only about Kobe Bryant when he died. So mm -hmm. it's not only a U.S. thing. This guy inspired beyond the United States, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just amazing to me because like, you know, I like I knew he was a worldwide phenomenon. I just didn't know how much so. And that's why, you know, I tribute each episode to him in season five to be 24 minutes as most, you know, as close as I can as possible. And then with my other podcast, the Poetry Made podcast, each episode is going to be eight minutes because like the first basketball game I ever watched was Kobe Bryant. Like it was his rookie, one of his rookie games. And even though he came off the bench, I'm like, yo, something special about him like the way he played and you know what I'm saying? Like for me, he was just that dude. Kobe Bryant for me growing up, it was Michael Jordan. Like the way Michael Jordan, like I had his shoes and I was playing basketball and in high school and I was like, yeah, go Chicago Bulls. Even though I'm not, I'm not even from the state. I'm like all the way in Tunisia and cheering for Chicago Bulls, which doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. But Michael Jordan was like, very famous everywhere and then came in Kobe Bryant and it was another type of famous but we loved him as well because like these two people they took I think personally they took basketball outside of the states and they made it international because internationally basketball is not that famous as it is now I think internationally soccer game is what is in fact yep. like famous yep like yep I was like playing soccer outside my house and like there is any match going on and we were cheering for Real Madrid and Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain and all these like teams, you know, in Europe. Soccer is like the, the thing. Now with basketball, people get to know basketball and it's all because of these kind of legends, you know? Yeah, yeah, Tony Parker too. Tony Parker, you know, he did his thing for the, for the French community, um, you know. And to me, in my humble opinion, Kobe is probably the greatest player of all time. Like, for me, it's like, it's very close with Jordan and, and Kobe. I will say, for me, Kobe is better than, my, um, than LeBron. Because LeBron has gone to the finals, what, 10, 11 times, but he lost a lot. Like, he's lost like six, seven times. And he's won four. So you won four, you lost seven. If Kobe would have went to the finals 11 times, he probably would have won at least eight of them doing this. True. Kobe is True. not going to the finals 11 times and, and, and losing seven times. Neither, neither is Jordan. 
Jordan probably would have got nine out of 11. You know what I'm saying? So I rank, they're very close. Kobe, to me, Kobe and, and, and Jordan is tied. The reason why I say, even though Jordan is 6-0 in the finals, he did take a couple years off. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's kind of like there's eras. Because I talk with my boys about this all the time. There's eras like Jordan lived in a certain era of time, right? It was rougher. I don't, I can't even remember if like there was a three-pointer at first and the three-pointer came later. And then Kobe was in a, so I think Kobe was the greatest of all time in his era. Like, I think it depends on which generation you are. Which year you, you were born? I was born in 93. See, that's why. I was born in 83. So for me, Michael Jordan is there. That's like, I grew up with Michael Jordan. That's that era. Like, that's okay. my era. At the same time, I love Kobe, but not only for playing basketball. I love Kobe because even though he stopped playing basketball, he went on another career. He went and he got himself a, an Oscar for a, like a movie about basketball, like animated movie. Like not only he have like the ethics like for playing and he's a great basketball player, but he's also an artist and his views of people and the way he helped women, the way he inspired others. I love that about Kobe more than Jordan. Jordan inspired, but he was not doing the motivational speaks. He was not doing what Kobe was doing. Like Kobe was like igniting lights in everybody. Like if you go through his interviews, and if you go like through his like career, where he, when he talks to people, Kobe Bryant was like more igniting lights in everybody in a way, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like he was just making it easier for everybody to believe in their dreams and go after it. That's what I mm. loved. Mm. You know? That's George. You, you know what I just thought, it just popped in my head? That there's... Uh, a measure of similarity between a basketball player and a flight attendant because basketball players got to fly all over the place it's right true. they fly here but they're always on the road so to speak flight attendants are always on the road like you're always you know what i'm saying there's travel's big part of your job i think i just thought I about have, that i have a better thing to give you i think flight attendant and uh, people in the military they have more similarity than basketball players Okay, okay, okay. You know, talk to travel. me, talk to me. And you know, yeah, because people in the military, they'd be like traveling everywhere, but like they have duty and things to do, you know? Basketball player, I still see it as an entertainer and it's a life of fame. Cabin crew, we don't have a life of fame. We're glamorous, it's cool, <laughs> but it's mostly traveling, sleeping in different hotels, but we still work, you know, during the flight. Right. We like we need to serve people. We need to make sure that everybody's safe. We need to make sure that the aircraft we're flying in is safe. It's a very, it's a very scary career. People they don't see it as such. Like they just see the glamour of it. They see like beautiful mm. flight attendants wearing their uniform, going to Paris the next day to Milan. <laughs> we work and we work hard. Like we have like three hundred people hungry that we need to feed people grumpy people lacking sleep people who from everywhere it's just there and you know the the fact that you're carrying people from everywhere everybody has a story like 
I used to think like, oh, this guy is gonna annoy us and he's gonna give us a hard time. And, and then like when you get to know and when you get to experience, like you will know that the person is not angry with no reason. You need to dig deeper to know what's happening with that person. And then like when you get to know the, the passengers, like they will tell you like, this guy is going for the funeral of his brother or this person and moving back to their country or like there's a there's a story behind each individual mm. that nobody sees you know copy copy yeah that's that's deep that's deep i like how you use the analogy of the military that you because you're right there there is like you said there's a lot of risk involved like when someone's in the military there's risk there's risk with being a flight attendant you know what i'm saying like you said there's a possibility of a crash and people do view it as glamorous. It's like, oh, you know, it must be easy to be a flight attendant. That's the life. That's the way to live. But, you know, like you said, like, you got people you got to take care of. You got to sleep in this hotel. It's like, you know what I mean? And you probably, like, I would imagine if we're using the military analogy, it's hard to date. It's hard to be in a relationship. Oh, that's, that's another dark. There's a lot of dark sides about being a flight attendant and having an unstable relationship like life in general it's not easy like you you either you're all the time flying you're gonna miss birthdays you're gonna miss weddings you're gonna miss funerals you're gonna miss a lot of things just because you're working you know people they have their lives they go for thanksgiving for christmas for eid for whatever you know special occasion that they need to be but for us like we'll be working I worked on my birthdays. I worked in <laughs> New Year's Eves. It's 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 not a life that a person who having a stable relationship could have. So that's one thing. And apart the fact that you're tired all the time, you're jet lagged all the time, you're going from a place to another. You you wake up sometimes disoriented because you don't know even which which like which which country am I in? Like, and then like you'll be looking like in the next to you in the hotel room to see like the name of the hotel. Like usually this is how I, I realize where I am. Oh, okay. Oh, this is Singapore. Okay, cool. And then I make sure I'm not going to miss my call. And then I go back to sleep. It's, it's a very nice life, but I felt that I was sometimes living it in a 2D situation. Like I was there, but I wasn't really there because like physically I was just exhausted to realize a lot of things. Yeah, that's deep. You know, based on what you just said, with the pressure, missing all these special things, um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a flight attendant. I, I personally couldn't. I have nine younger sisters. Um, I'm 28. My youngest sister is six. And I'm sentimental about my that. Like, I'm, with most things, I'm cool. With my sisters, I'm sentimental. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my, that's my kryptonite. <laughs> so for me oh, you wait. know if they got tonight, I, I wouldn't want to if they none of them are married but if any of them got married I, i'm 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 gonna be there if they have some special situation i'm gonna find a way to be there um couldn't do it couldn't do it my sister being a big brother is probably the, what i take the most pride in of all things out of all things out of all work business podcast whatever my sister's a top priority for, for your boy um, and so we're talking about the dark side of, um, of being a flight attendant. 
-hmm. what would you say what would you say is the toughest thing to know about being a flight attendant? I know earlier you you brought up statistics before our call. Um, what is like, what is the darkest thing about being a flight attendant? What is um, like? Suicide rates. Yeah, like mental health is no joke because you literally live by yourself. And every day you go on a flight with different people who are not your friends, who are gonna be just your colleagues, who are gonna be with you, you know, during the flight. And then you're gonna be in a different time zone from your family. You might not have that easy access to call somebody to talk about things. You have to get through with your own emotions. So number one is suicidal rates and mental, mental health. This is like one of the darkest thing about being a flight attendant, I guess. Then there is the alcoholism. Because like you go through a lot of things and then to cope up with, you just go to, to drink. Like I remember certain days where I'd be landing like 6 a.m. somewhere and I'll just order a beer as a first thing, just because ah, I need a beer after this flight, you know, to breathe. Mm. And then there's also risk of crash. Like that's, that's a very dark side. Like people, they don't know, but crashes are real like um i had like myself an incident where we almost crashed and we almost crashed in my my hometown we were going back to my, Crazy. To my yeah like to my place and we were just talking with this friend of mine and then another colleague who was not flying as a, as if in duty he was flying as a passenger he was just going home he was like, holla, holla. And, and I was like, what's up? What you want? We're landing. What do you want? Like, I don't have beer to give you anymore. Like, I was just like, you know, joking, casual. And he's like, left fire in, like, left engine on fire, informed captain. He even said it to me in, in English. He didn't talk to me in my, like, in our dialect. He was like, mm, he was, wow. that's the thing you learn, like, when you're in a situation of emergency, you just, like, remember the drill. And you go by the drill, like, what do you learn from the book? Okay, left engine on fire, inform captain. And I just repeated the same thing he told me to my supervisor who was next to the interphone. And she just called the captain. She informed him because he could see it through the window from his mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. I was flying a, an A320 aircraft and I was at the back. So I was not seeing what's happening, like, you know, in the, in the cabin. So he's the one who told me, and then I informed my, my supervisor and it was the most horrible and like very scary moment of my life because the, the, we were like going through a storm basically and we got hit by a lightning. That's why the left engine went on fire. Oh and man. So it was windy, it was raining and we had the left engine on fire and it was very unstable, you know, you can feel it. And, Luckily, the people were not screaming, but I can hear people, like I could hear people crying. And I just looked at my colleague and I was like, I guess we're gonna die together. Like, like you know, you just like realize that maybe at that point you're gonna die. And uh, this colleague of mine, he was also from my country and I know him for like three or four years. And we were like, you know, happy flying home together. We were talking, we we're gonna eat and what we're we gonna do, you know, excited as usual, you always, don't think about the possibility of you dying, you know, when you go to work. Mm -hmm. But that 
responsibility that we should actually think of every day. You should like learn how to keep with it. Like, okay, there's a possibility today my aircraft will crash and I will die. So that's, that was one of the scariest moments. Luckily, the, we landed safely, but like half of the aircraft was burned like from the, from the left side. And uh, I think the aircraft yeah. was there for like over three months for, for them to fix it because it was bad. And luckily also the captain who was flying the aircraft, he was also from my country and he knew the airport. So he, he knows like the routes and how to just like land it. So, and he was experienced. He was like 30 years flying captain. So it was like, but still, even with the experience, even with everything that he knows and he informed everybody, we got the, the ambulances ready, the blood ready, everything was ready for us to crash, literally. And even that, the face that I saw, like when we landed and everybody disembarked, and he's the, he's the kind of guy, he's not like, um, he's not like bubbly like me or like, you know, he's not the guy, no guy like high five. He's like a very strict captain, I remember him. I just looked at him, he was pale. Like he was like, his face was yellow, literally. And like, you can see it in his face. And I just looked at him and I was like, I just hugged him and I'm like, thank you. And he's like, we were almost there. He was like, you know, like you can see he was still shaking even after all these years of experience and everything. So yeah, yeah that's the darkest. Uh, yeah you know that's i could see how you know someone could be in the travel industry whether they're the flight attendant the pilot whatever and you go through stuff like that you know um as a pilot i don't know if he that was his first time or maybe even through multiple times where it was almost a crash but you survived and then for you to go through something like that um man my heart goes out to you and it's like you know I'm happy you're still here because you know yeah, I get to enjoy to I get to enjoy a treasurable friendship with you and stuff like that. And uh but yeah, I could see how you know people going through stuff like that and like you know that's kind of like PTSD, you know, and someone can have PTSD from that, someone can develop anxiety from that, like you know what I'm saying? And like a yeah. paranoia or even like you know what I'm saying, now like you're kind of living on edge. Um True. But yeah, I could see, I could see how. Yeah. So. No, it's not an easy industry, but it's a, it's a big family. I call it, I still call it my big family because I still feel like once I get an aircraft, even when I travel and now I'm not even flying anymore, I just feel like, you know, I just go to the toilet and then I just go and say hi. And then when I usually like interact with the flight attendant, I was like, yeah, I used to be a flight attendant. And they're like, oh, come sit down. And it's just like normal and casual, like every wow. airline. Wow. Like sit down and you talk and, you know, we call it the galley talk or the galley gossip talk or something. Oh, like okay. This. Okay. 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 Like chilling. And you have like these sticks in your mind where like you'll be talking to people, but then you will be like latching things to make sure like it's safe. <laughs> it's just <laughs> working, you know, in the industry, like, oh, latch, latch that, please. Like, or be careful with the trash compactor. Like, oh, I can fix that. Like, and I'm like, you're a passenger. You don't have to do that. I'm like, yeah, but I can do it though. So, <laughs> and like people be looking at me like, what is she doing? Like, she's a weird person. This weird passenger like fixing things. 
things. Like she thinks she's an engineer or something. <laughs> yeah. So out of all the things you've been through and things you've seen with the flight attendant industry and stuff like that, what's, mm-hmm. what is something you want to add or is there anything else you want to add? What I learned from all this crazy adventure is never take life for granted. Like always live the day that you, you feel like it's the last day. Today is your last day. So just live it to the fullest and live it properly and get out of your comfort zone because life is so beautiful outside comfort zones. It's your boy Mason. Thank you for tuning in. If this episode made you think of someone, reach out to them and share this episode with them. And do me a favor, subscribe to the Lunch Break Media Group on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And connect with me. Connect with me on Clubhouse and Instagram. You can find me by typing in Mason underscore the lunch. And if you on LinkedIn, look up Mason Ashad. DM me. Feel free to DM me uh, podcast ideas. If you'd like to be the guest on the podcast, DM me on Instagram, DM me me on LinkedIn, or if we're in the same clubhouse room, just shout it out to me if we're on the same stage. All right? Can't wait to hear from you. Or you can text the phone number 585-502-8894.